trying times, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He sticks closer than a brother. And I'm so thankful that he has taken me from the miry clay, placed my feet upon a rock. He has established my goings. And I am so grateful, so thankful for all that he has done. We encourage you to share, not to say, hey, look, but the more people that this is shared with, the more people that hear the gospel. And you're connected to people that we're not. So if you, it's simple. You want to know how you can be effective? Just hit share. That's ministry. You're sharing the gospel. It's, it's easy. Share. It takes like literally a second. But we're in a time where the gospel needs to be heard. It needs to be proclaimed. And You may not have the privilege and the opportunity to stand behind a, a pulpit and preach per se uh, verbally. But you can preach with what the Lord gives you and allows you to have access to. So we encourage you to do that. Uh, we encourage you to, to write in, to email us, uh, mylakesidechurch uh, at gmail.com, mylakesidechurch at gmail.com. Email us, request, prayer requests, or go through our website, mylakesidechurch.com. And we're glad to pray for you and join you and believe with you and for you. Because God's still working, He's still moving, and He's still in control. But when all this is over, we encourage everyone who watches, come, come be with us. Come fellowship, because I'm telling you, the Lord is up to some great things here at Lakeside Church. And we believe that uh, the best, is, we know the best is still yet to come. But thank you guys so much. Um, they have been faithful week in and week out to, to come, to play, to sing, to pray, to practice, uh, to move stuff in and out. If you've seen the inside of this sanctuary in fullness, you would see what a train wreck it is. But we've got stuff crammed everywhere for the ease of setting things up for drive-in service uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, if you're watching and you don't know, we'll have a drive-in service this Wednesday night um, at 7 o'clock. So... Um, we're just doing what we can with and, and, and using what we got. So uh, we're not afraid, we're not ashamed to, to take the gospel outside. I enjoy it, actually. But uh, anyway, uh, we're just glad that you're watching tonight, tuning in. And uh, I know you're praying for us, and we're praying for you as well. But we've been studying in Ephesians for quite some time. I have no idea what part this is. I, I don't know. I'm not going to even guess. But uh, we're in chapter 4 of Ephesians and uh, be in verses 7 through 16. Uh, so I'll give you a little moment to turn there, to find your word, to get things settled down. Uh, but I want to encourage you guys who are watching, the people who come here to Lakeside Church, uh, don't be complacent. We still need you. We still need to see your faces, and we desire to see your faces and fellowship together. Um, so anyway, uh, there's just nothing like coming together and fellowshipping with one another. But Ephesians 4... 7 through 16, and it's talking about the gift of Christ and the purpose of the gifts. And But beginning with verse 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And I encourage you, if you take notes or underline, to, to underline that according to the measure of the gift of Christ, because what you, what you desire and what you're doing or whatever you're called to do, that grace is given by Him. 
uh, to do so. We'll, we'll hit that in a moment. But verse 8 says, Wherefore he said, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of earth? He who descended is the same also who ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. And he gave some, and uh, this is, if you ever heard the term fivefold ministry, here you go. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Uh, verse 12, for the perfecting the purpose of the gifts, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking truth in love may grow up into him, all, into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Lord, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to come to, before you today. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege just to preach, to speak, to teach the gospel. And I'm asking that you would anoint our ear to hear and our heart to receive your word. Lord, I pray that you would remove distractions, Lord, and that we would uh, keenly focus on what you're saying tonight. Lord, I ask for your anointing to preach and teach. Lord, that not only your presence is felt in here, but Lord, where this message ends up and what ear it ends up in, Lord, I pray that you would anoint them to hear and receive your word and change their lives. We thank you. We give you praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have, we have been here, uh, and this August will be seven years. And something that is greatly important to us, a, a value, if you will, of ours, is family. Uh, and we understand the importance of family. We understand the unity uh, of family and the body of Christ. And dealing with this uh, a little bit tonight... Uh, but be, before we get there, I, I want you to know that to every one of us, verse 7, uh, to every one of us is given grace. Everyone who is saved. Grace is extended to all, but to be a recipient of it, you have to receive Christ as your Savior. But we're all given grace, and it's according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So how much grace? To what measure? It's according to the gift of Christ. His gift is limitless, but according to what He desires to pour into you and through you, that's, his, that's Him, not me. But according to the measure of the gift of Christ, first we've got to understand that we can and we do frustrate that grace. Whatever measure it may be. We can and we do frustrate the grace of God. How do we do this? This is a term that something that I had to learn, not a term, but a, a reality that I had to learn in myself that I can, in essence, tie the hands of God working in my life if I don't allow Him to. 
Galatians 2, 20 and 21 says, And we know this, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, I am alive, but I'm not alive in me. I am alive in Christ. Why? Because that's what he died for, so that I could live in him. Verse 21 says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. How are we frustrating when we place our faith in us, in our works, in what we do, in what we know? If we think that we are alive and well in ourselves, then we are not alive and well in Christ. Then henceforth we are frustrating the grace of God and we're saying that righteousness comes by and through where I go, what I do, how much word I read, how faithful I am in paying my tithes, how long I spend in prayer, how, how much I show up to church, or, or, or what kind of clothes I wear or don't wear, or what kind of music I have dialed into my Apple iTunes, or I don't know what Android, I don't know what they have, but they obviously don't have Apple iTunes. But whatever playlist, that's not where righteousness is found. And we've made a litany and a list of things that, that you've got to check off before you can be counted righteous. No, when you receive Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are counted righteous because of who is in you now. Because of Christ that is not anything that you yourself did. The only thing we did is say yes to Jesus. <laughs> That's some good stuff. But if we think that we're finding righteousness in those things that we do, then we're saying that, we, that righteousness comes by law. Law, we think, and we, we, especially those in the church realm, we know we don't live under law, we don't, we don't have to do all these things, blah, 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 blah. But we've made law, we can make law out of anything. We can make law out of sayings, out of church affiliation. We can make law out of dress and, 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 and those type of things. And even good Christian moral values, we can make those things law. And if that is where we think righteousness comes, then we are saying Christ died in vain and we are frustrating the grace of God. We are frustrating what God desires to do in our life by saying, I can help you out. Simply put, when we move our faith to anything other than the finished work of Christ on the cross, we frustrate the grace of God. It's something that I didn't hear. I, maybe, I, maybe I just didn't pay attention, and that wouldn't be a shocker to me. But I never really grasped or, or really heard the, the, the terminology frustrating the grace of God until much later in life. And when I heard that, I was like, what do you, how, I don't, what? What? God, God, I know God desires to work in my life, and He desires to... To, to let me walk in victory and to allow me to walk. And he's already done all those things, but I didn't understand that my, I, me, because I didn't deny self, was frustrating the very thing that God desired to do in my life. It wasn't anybody else's fault. It wasn't, it wasn't the times. It wasn't the year. It wasn't the trends. It was, it was me. It was me. 
Nobody else. It wasn't my neighbor, my wife, my kids, my upbringing, my, my downfalls, my, my high point. It wasn't anything but me. Galatians 2 verse 16 says, For we are not justified. For we, the latter part of the verse, For we are not justified by the works of the law, but by, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. We are justified by the faith, the faith, what faith? The faith in His finished work of Jesus Christ. This is how we are justified, no other way. We've heard the terminology justification, uh, uh, justified by faith. And so many people don't even, under, I don't even, they don't even know what that means. It's your faith in Christ and His finished work. That's how you and I are justified. Not in me. Not in my name. The devil don't give a rip about my last name. He don't care. My last name does not intimidate, nor does it uh, 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 enhance the, the, the devil's feelings of me. He don't care anything about me. All he wants, me, all he wants is to still kill and destroy. So, for by the works of the law shall no man, this says... For by the works of the law shall no flesh, no man, be justified. There are no exceptions. Well, brother, I, was, I, I, I am a, I am a tenth or, or an eighth generation born through, uh, through and through Pentecost. Who cares? They don't justify anything. We're not justified in those things. And I believe that that point is driven home. And, and we need to get that. And, and, and for some people, they may, oh, this is so redundant. If the word ever becomes redundant to you, you need to go back to denying self. Because it never gets old. This measure of grace that is most definitely given, again, can most definitely be frustrated. It can most definitely be hindered. And he gives this measure of grace. He gave some, and we, here we go, the fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we hear a lot of people today like to use this word prophet, and like to call themselves a prophet or a prophetess or whatever. Uh, I'm not even going to go there, but be careful. Just be careful. An apostle, simply a leader of the church and that, that leads and is led by and through a particular message given to them by the Lord for the church. Paul. Paul was, was shown. And he was what he was shown. He preached and he taught Christ. Your, your faith is nowhere else. It is to be placed nowhere else. Other than Christ and his finished work. By the death of, of Christ on the cross. He tore down that wall of partition. That was between us. The veil is rent. We know that we have access Neither, now he is no respecter of persons that we are all. The gospel is for all mankind, Jew and Gentile alike. It's for everybody. There is no, no hierarchy in Christian living. It is, is man, woman, uh, bond or free. The gospel's for everybody. And the cross levels the playing field. A prophet, one who foretells, speaking of what will happen, and we read of the prophets in, in the Old Testament, and we've seen those prophecies fulfilled. And... And uh, a lot of people, again, like to use this term to make themselves sound high and mighty. An evangelist, simply a gatherer of the harvest. Sometimes in the church realm, we like to call those that, those are the people that stir the hornet's nest and walk away. 
It's like the guy throws the rock at the hornet's nest and then runs, and you're on the porch getting stung. The pastors are, are the shepherds of the flock. They're, they're, and let me say this. If you're called to pastor, uh, you're also going to spend time in the field with the sheep. You're not called to sit on some, uh, in some tree stand and bark out orders and just, that's it. You're a pastor. You're a shepherd. Their shepherd has, the shepherd always spent time in the field with the sheep. Always. A shepherd, pastor, a teacher, those who teach the word. I love teachers of the word. I love to listen to Brother Larson. I love to listen to, to Brother Bob. I love to listen to these men of faith teach the word, and and that that they have. I believe they're called with the, uh, blessed with other portions of this fivefold ministry. But it just becomes like flashing neon lights. Like, whoa, this is amazing. So if you're a believer, you fall into one of these. There are no except. This is where you fall. Well, I'm not any of those. Yes. Well, I don't know if you're a believer. If you're a believer, you're, you're falling one of these, and, I, and, I, and I'll get there in a moment. I, 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 I'm not saying you're called a pastor or, or evangelize. We're all called to evangelize. But I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're called to travel the country or the world and to, to preach. I'm not saying that, but we are called to evangelize. How? I said it while I go. If you hit share, that's evangelism. We've got to be... Uh, very mindful though, and I, I've said this before here, and I'll say it again, we've got to be very mindful, and I can speak from my standpoint and my, my place and my call in my life, we have to be very careful uh, with the desire to preach, not to get that confused with a call to pastor. Uh, we were talking with Asher last week, and, and, and this, this is not easy right here, but this is the easy part of Pastoral ship, if you will. It's not We seek the face of the Lord. We preach the word and we preach it with a conviction and, and pray for that anointing to fall and to preach it uh, and, and not move or waver. But that's not, there's so much more to pastoring than just preaching. This is not pastoring, this is preaching. Because so, uh, well, I wasn't called to preach. No, we're all called to preach. We're all called to proclaim, to announce, to make known the gospel of Jesus Christ. The great commission to go ye therefore. That's the call to preach. All of us. The realm and the, and the, and, 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 and the magnitude in which you are used to preach the gospel, that's up to the Lord. But we're all, we're all called to preach, to proclaim the gospel. I'm a, I, I will say this, I am a pastor who will preach and does preach an evangelistic message. In other words, I'm not afraid to stir the pot or throw rocks at the hornet nest. <laughs> I don't know, I get stung. I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody does that, but I'm just saying the Lord, the, the, the call in my life, I don't question and I don't doubt. I know what it is and I know what I've been called to do. So the fivefold ministry is, is not for man to be lifted up. It's not for you to get your name on a sign. It's not for you to have a business card and hand them out. It's not, it's not for that at all. One of the most humble brothers that I know is Torrance Nash. 
gigantic man, but such a humble guy. And he don't, he don't care if you know him or not, but he does care that the gospel is heard. So, so the call is not for us to be lifted up and to be known and to be whatever. The, thank God for the privileges and the opportunities that He's given myself and my wife, but it's so that we can decrease and that He can increase. He's just looking for a voice in the wilderness. Verse 16 says why, why we're given these, why we are called, it's given to what? For, for to edify the body of Christ. To edify the body of Christ. Is, this is what it's for. Verse 16, we, the, the last part of it, uh, edifying or edifying itself in love. To lift them up in love, the grace, the gift is given for the perfecting, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. Not meaning you're going to be perfect. Keith, we heard Keith Babin say one time, but he was speaking of family worship center, but we'll say that at this place. The only time this place is perfect is when no one's in here. Soon as someone walks in the door, uh-oh. Because we're imperfect people. But it's given, it's for the perfecting of the saints. What? For the work of the ministry. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is what it's for. It's not for us to say, hey, I'm, I'm a pastor, hey, I'm an evangelist, uh, or whatever you want. It's, it's not that at all. It's for, for edifying the body of Christ. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. This is what he gives this measure of grace, whatever it may be. And I can promise you, as sure as I'm standing right here talking to you, if it were not for the measure of grace that I know the Lord has given myself and my wife, we would not be pastoring Lakeside Church. Wouldn't happen. Not that, not that Lakeside body is a bunch of nutheads and they're crazy. It's just that I wouldn't do it. So there is a measure of grace given to, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I love the youth. But I, I work, I'm not, it's a measure of grace. Kids, I love them. I got four of them. But man, whew, they are relentless. Gemma will, Gemma can ask you 5,000 questions in three minutes. I'm sure I was the same way. But that measure of grace is given, and, and we, 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 we come across this in, in, our, in, in ministry, and we, we've heard this before. I, I feel led to do such and such or so and so. What do you think? One, make sure that that's what you feel led to do. And if you are felt led and He is leading you to do it, He'll give you that measure of grace to do so, and He will supply everything that He's called you to do. Out of the fivefold ministry, I don't deem one more important than the other. I don't say, oh, you're an apostle, teacher, apostle, evangelist, pastor, whatever, prophet. They're all needed and they're all wanted and they're all desired. One is not more important. They all serve for the same purpose, for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry to edify the body of Christ. Verse 13 says, Till we all come into the unity of faith. 
One, the unity of faith will never happen by man's standards. And it cannot happen in man's way. It's just not going to. Tolerance is not the answer. We think that tolerance is the answer, so we'll unify in faith. You can't take oil and water and unite those. They just don't work. That don't happen. It's to bring all believers, all believers to the proper knowledge of the finished work of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, not meaning flawless. Again, there is no such thing as sinless perfection. That will happen when we are glorified. But what we are now justified, sanctified, being sanctified, and you are not, you are not perfect nor flawless. So unto a perfect man, what does this mean? To function in maturity. To function in maturity. As you grow in your walk with the Lord, as you, as you, uh, and, and maturity doesn't happen necessarily with age. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm 42, but I'm still like maybe 13 and a half mentally. <coughs> but, but working and functioning in the call in your life, in maturity, there are things that you once handled in a way that you would not do, whatever, a month or five years later. You just don't handle it that way no more. Because you understand that this is an individual, and I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and powers of the air. But it's to edify the body, not to nitpick and gossip about everybody else that don't look like you, talk like you, or do it like you. Man, we got some preachers who like to preach against everybody and not lift up the name of Jesus and preach the word of God. It's to perfect and to edify the body of Christ. Now, I, I, listen, don't get me wrong. I believe calling sin and sin, sin, calling out what's not right. But because I like red and you like blue does not mean that you're a hellion and, and we just are never going to make it. Verse 14 says, uh, when, when we come, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. So when we, when we come to know and to continue to grow in the knowledge of Christ, you're not going to be tossed to and fro. You're not going to be thrown about and carried a, a, about by every wind of doctrine and slight of man and cunning craftiness. When I was a kid, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what grade, but I remember I got to stay with my Aunt Catherine at Carolina Beach all summer. It was, it was awesome. And uh, me and Harold, I would go out and catch the sand fleas, and we would fish, and, and I would get sunburned, and whatever we ate. fit. But anyway, during that time, I learned to stabilize myself with the, with the, with the waves crashing, coming in and, and going, because if you stand at the ocean shore long enough, just right there, the, the sand will come out from underneath your feet, and eventually you're going to fall down. But if, you, if, you, if you'll stabilize and shift your weight and move and whatever, but I use this in this context because it's just how I do it. If before I was mature or maturing, still maturing in the Lord, if it sounded good and had Jesus on, I was like, that's awesome. But just because somebody slaps Jesus to it does not make it right. So let me, let me say this, you're not saved to be paranoid. 
Every, uh, everybody is not out to get you. Every, if, if, if the church that's down the street don't say message of the cross, it does not mean they're out to get me or against us or we're against them. Everybody, we weren't saved to be paranoid and frightened for, for God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power, love, and a, a sound mind. They're not out to get you. There, there are those that lie in wait. And they, they lay there and they have planned and they plan, their plan is to, to deceive and it is deception. Here's why you must pray for His discernment and not your intuition. I want to I get, please hear me tonight. Pray for his discernment and not your intuition. Well, my, my gut tells me your gut ain't always right. Follow the heart. The, the Bible says that man's heart is, is deceitfully wicked. Ask for discernment, Lord. Show me. One of the greatest things that was ever said, most powerful statements that was ever said, and it really wasn't said in a, in a, a powerful way, if you will. It wasn't, it wasn't somebody who didn't rear up on their hind legs and say it this way. It was said in a conversation or in a teaching. But here's what was said. Quit looking for what you like and ask for your spirit to bear witness. This is, listen, this is paramount. Because what I like and what you like may differ, but our spirits must bear witness. The whole, and it must be the Holy Spirit. So remember, grace is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Again, if it wasn't for the grace of God and that measure given, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be here right now. I mean, I might be here, but I wouldn't be here. Verse 15 says, speak truth in love, not in condemnation or with a prideful spirit. In love. Speak truth in love. Why? How? May, may grow up into Him in all things. Which is the head. Even Christ. Speak it in love. Speak the truth in love. There is a way to deliver in love. But then there's also a way to deliver in, in, in pride. In arrogance. Pride is poison and only the prideful look at the position of I'm right, now prove me wrong. We speak truth in love that we may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We are to grow up into Him in all things. All things. All things. I, I, as I get older and I watch uh, some of the younger ones growing in their call, in their life, and, and learning that patience is a virtue. And that I once was 22, 3, 4, whatever, and, and, and I understand. To, 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 to watch and to, to grow in Christ through proper faith comes proper growth. Proper faith always produces proper growth. And sometimes in order for that proper growth to happen through proper faith, purging and dressing of the vine takes place. For you to be more fruitful. John 15 tells us this. 
And we should be thanking the Lord for it, even when it hurts. So when we're growing in all things, we'll find that sometimes we're wrong. <laughs> if you're married, you've learned really quick that you're wrong. The husband, anyway. I know, right, Terrence. Terrence ain't never wrong. But even, what, even when what we are saying seems right, when we're growing, when we're maturing in our walk, and when we're, we're, we're operating in the love of, of Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to address us, our issues, our, our garden, if you will, you'll figure out that there are times that, that we're wrong. I've made mistakes in ministry. I have. Because I'm a person. But I've also learned from those mistakes. But, but I can't make anyone forgive me. I can only ask. But forgiveness is vital in the believer's life. But most often the most miserable people are those who harbor feelings of ill will and bitterness because it is poison to them. When you ask for forgiveness and you go on, but I, I, I'm not going to live in, and harbor those, those, those thoughts and those, those processes, those things that go through. I cannot do that. Lord, take this. Take it, Lord. Forgiveness is a must. Church, hear me. Forgiveness is a must. I thought you were talking about the five-fold ministry. It's a part of it. Don't be preaching the gospel and hating people. Forgiveness is a must. Verse, verse 16 says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together. And when I, when I see this term, I, <coughs> I think about framing. Uh, I, I ran a bunch of, I said about to say a mess load, a bunch of framing crews uh, in the early, whatever, 2000s. And, uh, part of my job was to go in and inspect the framing and to look and to make sure all the cuts were tight and the bird mouths were notched just right and and that, that the joists weren't over notch when they were sitting on ledgers, and, and to make sure it was fitly framed together. And I think about when they're fitly, this is the difference in a guy who is a carpenter and a guy who just owns a tool belt. They, they fitly frame, and it's tight, and it's right. And this is how when you are placing your faith in Christ, and you know He is the head, and in Him all things flow. And that those things that he has designed and are operating in unity and in harmony and operating as they should, as the church should be operating, it is fitly joined together and compacted that uh, which every joint supplies. Uh, he supplies everything. that He's the vine. We are the branches. He supplies all that we need. And according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, Every part labors to produce a great result in unity. So the, 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 the singing and the playing and those that shake hands and those that wave at people as they drive by the parking lot and, and those that, 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 that do whatever.
whatever, uh, park cars or whatever it may be, it's all for one purpose and it's all fitly framed together to bring about unity in edifying the body of Christ. So that, that why? That it would increase. So that it would increase, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Not to say, hey, look at us. But as the body increases, as the people increase, so does the ministry increase, and so does the discipleship increase. It's a reciprocating effect. It's when, Lord, it's been a long time ago, when, but uh, Limeburger Farms planted those tree, peach trees. And, and I watched those trees grow, and, and, and I guess they get, I don't know, I've never been there. It's been a long time, but I guess they have peaches on them now. But they they grow and they they produce fruit and they 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 produce what they should. If the church is operating in unity and it's following the head and anchored in Christ, the church should be growing. It should be, it's not about us four and no more. It should be growing. It's not scheme of man or what we can do. It's preaching the gospel, speaking the truth in love, and understanding that the measure of grace that is given is supplied by Him, and I will function in it fully. So when we're working in harmony, when we're hitting on all cylinders, the body will be built up in love. Now I know, I, I hope I didn't throw too big of a curveball. I'm, I'm kind of known for that. But I, I asked Vanessa right when she got in and I, I slammed her with something that I asked her. I thought, I, I showed this video a long time ago. But I thought, this is how good God is. And if you're watching, you're watching online, I, I suppose that it will work. I'm waiting. If you guys give me a thumbs up and let me know if it's right or not, I don't know. We've got to get it in unison because I really messed them up. I didn't, I didn't do it the right way. Um, so I, I want you to watch this video, and, and I'll get back up here in just a moment. Long story short, the tour was winding down last time around. We were in Tyler, Texas. The night was over. A guy walks up to me. I wish I could tell you the whole story. It was so of God. Introduces himself to me. He says, how are you doing? I just want to say hello. I said, it's nice to meet you. He says, you guys winding the tour down. Uh, where are you going to go from here? I said, well, I'm on my way back home to Atlanta, Georgia. He said, well, what's next for you? I said, I'm going to be preaching the next two Sundays for my pastor back in Atlanta. He said, oh, cool, what are you preaching on? I said, well, the series is on the glory of God in the human body. He said, that's really amazing. I'm a molecular biologist at the university down the road. G give me your talk. And I was like, oh, wow, I wasn't quite yet ready to unload the talk for a molecular biologist so I kind of stumbled through what I had and he's kind of being kind and gracious and like uh huh, that's good and then he says well what's your big left hook you gotta have a left hook a big finish right I said I don't have a left hook yet
This is what I found right here. No, come on, that's crazy. That's just crazy. I'm, I just can't believe it. I emailed that guy back. I, um, I came across this video quite some time ago, and when I was studying or going through this and thinking about the, the beauty of the body of Christ and how, how good and intricate and great God is, at what He has placed in order, what He has designed, why He has given us the gift of grace. Why he has called us into this fivefold ministry. Why, why he has done all of this to edify the body of Christ. And to know that our body itself is anchored, literally anchored in the cross. <laughs> I, I, there is no other word in wow seems, seems cheap to me. But in Colossians, he had just started referring to it. And in Colossians 1, verse 16 through, through 19, says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, in that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. We are the body of Christ. And we are to be anchored, centered in the cross. So whatever part of this ministry and I'm speaking specifically here at Lakeside, you find yourself, you're vital. You are designed and you are called to be here for one purpose, to edify the body of Christ. Well, well I thought it was about reaching the, it is about reaching the lost. When they are found, they are part of the body. They are part of the body. And they will be fitly 
join together with you, with me, with all other believers around the world to think how good God is, how He designed our actual just DNA. And you hear a lot about these protein molecules, especially now with the coronavirus. But nothing has, nor nothing ever will, defeat the cross. Ever. And I can tell you that all this stuff going on is not a shocker, it's not a surprise. Remember who you are and whose you are. And I'm telling you that this thing will soon pass. But his word will last forever. He is still on the throne and he still desires to move in and through your life. So I just want to take a moment and, and let you know if you're watching or if you will watch. Lakeside Church is not a perfect place. But we serve a perfect God. We're a body of whosoever's who desire one thing. To follow the call that's in our lives. To see each other grow. To edify one another. To reach the lost. And to grow the saint. So I, I want to, I guess, take this moment and personally, if you, if you see me personally, invite you as soon as you can to make, make your way here. Because I'm telling you, the Lord has and will continue to change lives, mine included. Because my, 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 uh, my vision and my thought of what pastoral ship would be fell so short. When you can see somebody who literally tried to take their own life and just a very couple days later come into the family of God and be fitly joined with me. This is how good God is. When you can see the addict delivered or those that are in bondage be set free. When you can see those that once used to like to fight and, and, and bash some heads, but now, man, all they want to do is hug a neck and raise their hands. When you see the goodness of God at work, your thought, your idea of ministry, I promise, does not even begin to compare of how good He is and what He has in store. So we are the body. We are a body striving for one purpose, to glorify the King. So we love you guys. Remember Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we will have a drive-in service. I know that may be odd for some, but we're going to have it anyway. Bring your kids, bring, bring whoever. Man, we want to pack these grounds out. I want people to ride by and say, man, look at these nuts. I don't mind being called crazy for Jesus. I'm ready. Israel, that trailer's coming, man. Coming. But we love you guys. Pray for us. We're praying for you. Thank you again for supporting us and uh, for, for giving. Uh, thank you that, that, that uh, we don't worry about that. He's still in control and he's still the provider. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be your people. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to, to just be a part of ministry, Lord, just to be a part.
part, a small, minute part of your great plan. Lord, and I pray for those that are bound right now that they will be set free. Lord, those that may just battle in their mind, Lord, that, that you would free them and bring them peace. Lord, that you would restore those that are broken and heal those that are hurting, Lord. Lord, that you would, you would continue to just pour out your Spirit in their lives, those that are still fearful, Lord, that you would calm that fear and, and speak peace to their lives. Lord, we just thank you for your Word. I pray that you would continue to bless this church, that we would continue to be good stewards of what you've blessed us with. Lord, that we would be a visible influence, not only in this community, but this county. Lord, that people would know that you are God and you are still in control. We love you, praise you, and glorify you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We hope to see you guys Wednesday at 7 o'clock.